Hey everyone, welcome to Tom French Preaching. This is the podcast of me, Tom French, preaching, just like the title says. I'm a guy who lives in Melbourne and does Bible talks for youth and other people around Australia and all over the internet. I'm also the author of Weird, Crude, Funny and Nude, The Bible Exposed, the very best book that I have ever written. For more information about my book or to see what else I've been up to, go to my website, tomfrench.com.au. And with that, let's get on with the talk. When I was about 10 years old, I went on a camp, uh, probably a little bit like this one. It was a church camp where my church and another church got together. And we were on this camp and uh, we had this kind of thing which we did, which was like the secret angel thing. Like, have you ever done that thing where you get the name of someone, have to secretly go and do something nice for them without knowing that it's you? Have you guys ever done something like that? No. Well, you should, because then you're like, be kind to it. Not that you're not kind to each other, but it's a good way. I don't know. I didn't like it that much, actually, because I got the name of some guy, had to go and do nice things for and I didn't know who he was at all. Like, I had, like, I don't know who this guy is, so I don't know how to do nice things for him. It's very easy to be secretive, but it's very hard to actually do a good thing. But I tried to think of things that I could do and I saw other people would like get someone to go and give someone a massage or get someone to go and clear that person's plate or they do things like that. And I was like racking my brains. Eventually I found out who the guy was. I was like, all right, I've got to do something nice for him. And all through the weekend, I was trying to figure out what am I going to do and I couldn't figure it out. And then at the end of camp, on the last night, we had like a messy games night. And you guys know what messy games nights are at least. Yeah, you've done them. Yeah, so we did a messy games night, you know, the, the spaghetti everywhere and the eggs everywhere and the dog food everywhere, that kind of thing. And I won a prize, which was amazing because I never win prizes, especially not for things that require any kind of physical skill because I have the hand-eye coordination of a shovel. So I won this prize. I was like, this is amazing. And I won a Mars bar. And I was like, yes, a Mars bar. I love Mars bars. And then I remembered that I had this guy that I had to do something nice for, that I was his secret angel. I was like, I could give him the Mars bar, but I really love Mars bars. And I was like, I could eat the Mars bar, but I could give him the Mars bar. I could eat the Mars bar. And I was like, I know what I'll do. So I ate half the Mars bar, and then I snuck into his room, and I left the other half on his pillow. And he would have come in and seen half a Mars bar on his pillow and went, oh, I've been visited by an angel. He'd be so happy. He'd be like, well, half a Mars bar, there's nothing I want more than a half-eaten Mars bar. And he would have eaten it and known that there was someone looking out for him. And then if he woke up in the middle of the night and he had a nightmare or something, and then he, would be, he could just roll over and then lick some of the leftover caramel off his pillow and be like, oh, you know, I'm cared for. I don't need to be afraid anymore. That's what I thought would happen. I don't know what actually happened because I wasn't there. But if you look at that story and you want to know something about what kind of person I am, you would say, that Tom guy, he means well, but he's stingy. He's a stingy guy. Like, that's, that's me. I'm a stingy guy. And when we look at this story, if we, we've, this story that we've just read is a story that shows us who Jesus is. When we look at the way that people behave, we see who they are. When you look at me, you go stingy. When you look at Jesus, you go abundant provider. Jesus is the opposite of me. 
And we're going to see, as we look at this story, we're going to see who Jesus is and look at the things that he did. And we're going to see that he is God's abundant provision for us. So let's spend some time looking at the story. When I originally kind of read this story as a kid, and I did it like in Sunday school and stuff, I kind of had this picture uh, that, you know, it was just like Jesus' big picnic. Everyone got together and they had a picnic together. But this thing is not the story of the big picnic. This is the story of God's big provision. God giving himself to everyone so that we might know him. And it all starts when Jesus has been healing a bunch of people and people love Jesus' healings and they want to see Jesus do more amazing stuff because everyone loves seeing exciting stuff happen. So they flock to Jesus and they all gather around and there are thousands of people who have come out. And it tells us that it happened at around the time of Passover. Does anyone know what Passover is? Yes. Does anyone want to tell me what Passover is? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. So the Passover, yeah, is the remembrance of that time when God rescued his people who had been in slavery in Egypt and they came out of slavery and they went, they marched across the wilderness and then went into the promised land. Now, this is important because what we're going to see as we work through the book, this chapter of John chapter 6, is that this idea of Jesus bringing his people out of slavery and all the stuff that's happening there is kind of being retold again in this uh, chapter of John chapter 6. So we've got to be paying a little bit of attention to what's going on. So it's Passover and there's a bunch of people who have come into the country to celebrate this big festival. And so they're all there and they're gathered around and then Jesus sees them and it says that he turns to Philip and he says, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And said he asked this only to test him for he already had in mind what he was going to do. So Jesus is like, hey, Philip, how are we going to feed all these people? And he asked the question knowing exactly what the answer is, but he's asking him because for Jesus, it's a teaching moment. Do you guys ever have this thing with your parents where your parents are like, oh, this could be a teaching moment where I'm going to teach you something. That happened to me when I was a kid. Like, like we would like something would happen in my family. Like we might get like a flat tire and then we'd look at the car and dad would be like, hmm, Tom, how would we fix this tire? I was like, I don't know, your dad fixed the tire. I don't want to learn how to fix a tire. Or then like the light globe would blow and be like, Tom, how would we change this light globe? Like, I don't know and I don't care. You go find the light globes and fix it because your dad, you sort it out. It's like, I don't want the teaching moment, but it's important to have them because if I didn't have the teaching moments, I would still have flat tires on my car and I would still have broken light globes. So as much as I didn't like them, they were probably useful for me. And Jesus here, he knows what he's going to do. Jesus got the whole thing sorted out, but he's seen this as a teaching moment. So it's like, Philip, how are we going to solve this problem? And Philip's like, I don't know how we're going to solve this problem. He's like, it would take eight months of a man's wages to feed the person, feed all these people for them to have one bite. And no one's carrying around that kind of money. Like if it's in Australian money, it's, it's like kind of like about $40,000. Like there's not a bunch bunch of, you know, the disciples walking around with, you know, wads of cash on them so they can buy enough food for 5,000 men and their 5,000 wives and their 10,000 kids. Like they don't have that. And there's not a McDonald's down the street where they can go and get like 20,000 Happy Meals. Like this is, this is a big problem. And Jesus is highlighting the problem and he's creating the problem so that he can then provide the solution to the problem. And then it tells us uh, that, uh, and that Andrew comes up and he's like, here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. 
And I think Andrew's just having a joke. He's like, this guy's got five barley loaves and two fish. How far is that going to go? <laughs> and he's like, everyone sit down. And then he gets it done. And it says that he then thanks God for the food. And then he passes it out. These really small loaves, which are like probably tiny, about this big and tiny little fish. And he passes them out. And then, and then everybody gets some. Like the, he thanks God and five loaves and two fish become 10 loaves and four fish, which become 20 loaves and eight fish, which becomes 40 loaves and 16 fish, which becomes 80 loaves and 32 fish, which becomes more loaves and more fish. And it goes around till everyone gets enough fish and everyone gets enough bread and they eat it till that they are full. There is enough for everyone. This is Jesus Jesus' great miracle and everyone has a great time because everyone loves food and that's going to be part of the problem that we're going to get to in the rest of John 6 is that people are really excited about the food but they don't see what this is actually telling them about Jesus and it tells us then that Jesus gets the disciples to collect it up and they collect 12 basketfuls that are left over and when they collect the 12 basketfuls they've got all, all of it there and then this is the picture of God providing for his people because if we remember, we're in the Passover and God's people, if you remember in the Passover story, they leave Egypt and then they're in the wilderness. And when they're in the wilderness, they're like, how are we now going to survive? And God says, just chill out, guys. I'm going to send you some bread from heaven. And so some bread called manna arrives on the ground every morning and they go out and get the bread. But then when they get the bread, they, they get enough for each person, but only ever enough. There's never anything left over. And it tells us that if you got too much, then the next day it would all go off. And so this is now a picture of here is Jesus and he has turned up in the wilderness with God's people and now he feeds them. And it's not that there's just enough for everyone, but there is more than enough for everyone. There is stuff that is left over. There is 12 basketfuls left over. This is God's abundant provision. And what this story is telling us is that Jesus is God's abundant provision. That not that God just that God is a good God who gives out bread, but God is a good God who gives us exactly what we need. And what they need is actually not the bread, but the one who is giving them the bread. That Jesus himself is God's abundant provision. And that's something that we need to know too. That in Jesus, we see that God abundantly provides. In Jesus, we see that God has come to us as a man. And that in Jesus, we see that that man lives with us and teaches us how to live. That man dies for us, dying the death that we deserve and taking the punishment of sin upon himself. And that man rises again to new life so that if we trust in him, we can have life in him. That is God's abundant provision. So we can think about all the other things, ways that God might provide for us with the sunshine and the food that we get to eat and the friends that we get to have. And all of that is great. But the main thing that God wants us to see is that his provision, first and foremost, comes in the form of his son. And how abundant is it for God to provide than for him to give of him very, his very self? That when God gives, he gives himself for us. And it's important to remember that God is an abundant provider because sometimes we feel like he's not. Sometimes we feel like God is a stingy God. But if God is willing to even give his life for us, then we can trust that he is going to give us exactly what we need. Sometimes we feel like because God is a stingy God, then we need to work hard to get God to give us the things that we need. 
that if we're just good enough or we pray enough or we, or we do just the right things, then God will give us what we need and we can get the stuff from him. But God is not like that. Who uh, ever does any online shopping? Does anyone here do online shopping? Yeah, who, uh, does anyone tell me what was the best thing you bought recently? Any like, anyone want to tell me a bargain? All right, yeah? A bedhead. Yeah. That's exciting for the, for the teenagers. Yeah, excited about bedheads. Yeah. What'd you buy? A headband. A headband. Bedhead, headband. 30 cents. 30 cents. Great. From China? Probably. Probably, yep. Great. Yeah, what was the shipping? Free shipping? Yeah. Oh, excellent. What a deal. Yeah. Anyone else bought anything they want to tell us about? Yeah? You got a GameCube control adapter for your Switch? Fantastic. Was it a good deal? Yeah, you can't get them normally. You can't? And you got it. Yeah, great. Yeah. Okay, anyone, anyone had to return anything that they bought online? Yeah. Has anyone done that thing where they order like 30 pairs of shoes from the Iconic and then send back you know, 29 and a half of them. Because that's, that would be, a, I haven't done that, but that would be annoying. You have to ship them all back. And like, like this, like returning things online, that is the most annoying thing. And recently, uh, we ordered, Em and I ordered some luggage, which I know is pretty boring. No one's that interested in luggage, but it was just some bags. It was a big bag, and then there was a smaller bag in the bag, and there was a smaller bag in that bag. And it was like, this would be really useful to put things in, and then we can take it when we go on holidays, stuff like that. And then when the bags turned up, uh, we opened up, the, opened up the box, and the first one came out. It's like, this is a nice-looking piece of bag. And then opened it up, and inside there was another one, but that one was a little bit dented. It's like, that's no good. And then I opened up the next one, and then the smallest one in the middle, like the babushka bag in the side, was totally crushed. And I was like, oh, man, this is not a good bag. Like, if the smallest bag can't be protected by the other two bags, then these are terrible bags. Like, if we want to transport 12 puppies, they're all going to die in these bags. <laughs> So we cannot have these bags. And so I was like, these are bad bags. We've got to send the bags back. And so I got online on to Groupon. I was like, Groupon, you gave us bad bags. And they were like, great, we'd love to help you. If you could just send the bad bags back, then we will return them. Uh, we'll give you your money back. I was like, great. And then so they sent me a thing to fill out and then you know, deliver it to a parcel place. And they were like, it was like for a parcel like this big. And I was like, no, the bags are this big. We can't do that. And they're like, all right, hold on. We'll get in contact with the people who made the bags. And so then they got in contact with them and they emailed me. I said, oh, you've got a problem with the bags. I was like, yes, I want to return the bags. I was like, just return the bags. And we're in Ride. And I was like, I'm in Melbourne. I cannot return the bags to Ride. And they're like, oh, just post them back. I was like, I can't afford $100 postage for your stupid bags. I'm like, all right, fine. We will send you a thing so that then you can post it. So then they sent me a little label to stick on the box and then I could take it to the post office and then I could return the bags and then they would give me the money back. So I took it to the post office, sent it off and then I emailed and said, now can I have my money back? And they like, no, talk to Groupon. So I went back to Groupon and I was like, Groupon, I returned the bags, give me my money back. I said, you can have some Groupon credit. I was like, I don't want Groupon credit. And then I said, according to Australian consumer law, you have to give me my money back. I learned that from my wife. She's studying law. She's like, pull out the law. I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, fine. You can have the money back. And then we got the money back. And they're like, but you don't get the part back that you got on the voucher. I was like, fine, doesn't matter. Just give me the money. And eventually I got the money. 
And these people, they don't really want to give you the money back. They do everything they can to avoid giving you the money back because they want to, even if their bags are crap, they want to keep your money. And sometimes I feel like that's what we feel like with God, that God is a stingy God and that we have to work hard to get God to give us what we want. Like, God, I really, really want this. I really want these good marks. I really want this person to, to like me. I really want this healing to happen. I really want this. I really want this. I really want this. And God, please can I figure out how to press the right buttons or say the right words and I can make you do the thing that I want you to do. But that's not how God works because God is not a stingy God. When we see how he provides in Jesus, the way that Jesus provides with the 5,000 people and with the 5,000 men and their 10... 5,000 wives and their 10,000 kids and all those people, he provides abundantly. They get enough because we, want to, we see that God is a God who gives enough, that he gives more than enough. When we see that he gives himself in Jesus, he gives enough. So when we look to God to provide for us, we can trust him that he's going to give us what we need. So then the question is, well, why doesn't God feel like an abundant giver sometimes? Why does it sometimes feel like he is a stingy God? Why don't we get the things that we want? And that's the second thing that we learn is that not only is Jesus the abundant provision of God, but he is also the unexpected provision of God. That Jesus doesn't provide always in the ways that we expect him to or want him to. The last bit of the story that we read says this. It says, after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, withdrew again to a mountain by himself. And what is going on there is that there was a prophecy way back in the book of Deuteronomy, in Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 18, uh, that says, uh, and I'll read it to you, actually. It says, I will raise up for them a prophet like you from among your fellow is- their fellow Israelites, and I'll put my words in his mouth. He will tell them everything I command him. And what, these, what they were waiting for was this special person who was going to come and be the prophet, be the one who was going to be the true leader of Israel. And they thought, they saw Jesus and they thought, this is the guy. If this is a guy who can give everyone bread, then here's a guy that we can follow. Here's a guy that we can make king. Now, we look at the the bread stuff and we think, you know, that's great. Bread is good. But bread was much more important in Jesus' day than it is in our day. Like we like bread, but we don't have to put in that much work to buy to get bread. But in Jesus' day, people spent most of their life earning money or working in fields or doing whatever they could just to buy food. Like most of their life was about food. And so if if someone turns up who can just provide food at the drop of a hat, then this is a guy who can free your life up, who can give you what you need so that you can do whatever else you want with your life. This is a guy who you want in charge. And if he can be the king and give everyone bread all the time, then you've got a great king right there. And they're like, look, we've got 5,000 men here and we've got this great guy who can give us bread. Let's make him king and we'll march into Jerusalem. We'll kick out the Romans who are ruling over us. He will be our king. He'll give everyone bread. We'll be the most powerful nation on earth. This is going to be amazing. And Jesus knows this and he knows this idea they've got and so he disappears because he knows that that is not the kind of king that they actually need. 
That's the kind of king that they want, but the kind of king they actually need is the kind of king who, instead of going and kicking out the Romans, will go into Jerusalem and he himself will be killed. That he himself, instead of you know, getting up on a throne, will be lifted up onto a cross. And they need a king who will die for them so that they can get their most important need met, which is not bread, but it is forgiveness. That they will get eternal life. And they'll get welcomed into a new relationship with God. That is what they need. That is God's unexpected provision for them. Jesus is the abundant and unexpected provision of God. And so in our lives, when we look at the things that we want, when we look at the prayers that we've prayed, and we can sometimes say, why is it that God won't answer my prayers? Why is it that I don't get the answer that I want? Why is it that God seems so stingy? And the truth is, the reason is that God gives us what we need, not what we want. That it's not what we expect, but it is exactly the right thing. God is, Jesus is the unexpected provision of God. But if God is willing to give his life for us in his son Jesus, if he's willing to give all of himself for us, then we know that we can trust him. We know that he is a God who gives and gives and gives. And so whatever he gives to us, whether it's the thing that we really wanted or the thing that seems totally out of place, we know that we can trust him with it. And I don't know all the answers to why you know, things happen in our lives that we don't want, why God doesn't answer all our prayers, why the people we pray for to get better don't get better, why the family, that, family fights that we want fixed, they don't get fixed. I don't know why God doesn't do that, but we do know when we look at Jesus that he is willing to give his life for us. And that is true love. That is true provision. And so that is a God that we can trust. What we see in this story when we look at Jesus, we see that there is God providing for us exactly what we need in the way that we need it, and so we can trust him. What this uh, story means for you, if you are not a Christian, then what it means is that you can look to Jesus to provide for you. You can look to him. But if you don't, then you will be having to look to yourself or other places for provision that you cannot get. Because the most important thing that Jesus gives us is new life. The most important thing that Jesus gives us is a relationship with the God who made the universe, and you cannot find that anywhere else. You need to look to Jesus, the abundant and unexpected provision of God. And if you are a Christian, then what this means is that you can trust Jesus. You can trust him to give you what you need and give you as much of what you need, give you more than you need. And you can trust him even when it looks like you are getting exactly the wrong thing, that here is a God who loves you. And even if it hurts, even if it, 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 looks, it looks like pain and suffering, you know that here is a God who gave his life for you in Jesus, and you can trust him. Jesus is the abundant and unexpected provision of God. Uh, I'm going to say a prayer for us. And, uh, and then I'm going to hand back over, I think, to the band. Let's uh, close our eyes and bow our heads and I'll pray. Uh, Father God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that he is your abundant and unexpected provision. 
I pray that we will trust that you are a God who provides in the way that we need, that you provide as much as we need. I pray for anyone here who is struggling to figure out why you don't give us the things that we think that we need, that we'll be able to look at the way that you work in our lives and see your wisdom in it. I pray for anyone here who has not put their trust in Jesus, that they will see what Jesus has done for them and that he is your great provision for them to have life everlasting. Amen. Well, that was the talk, and I hope it was helpful for you. If you want more talks, or to read my blog, or order my book, or even to book me to speak, remember to go to tomfrench.com.au. It's my home on the internet. You can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash twfrench, or on Insta at twfrench. And don't forget to give this podcast a rating and review wherever you get your podcast, so that other people might be able to discover it too. Till next time, have a good one.